All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I am Screwhead Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss a horror movie of our choosing. We are two friends who met teaching over in Korea, and we have bonded over our love of horror movies. So we meet every so often to discuss and talk about a horror movie. Screwhead Andrew, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, man. How are you doing? Doing good. It is cold as fuck here in North Carolina um, at the moment, and I'm about to go for a run later today, and I am not looking forward to it. How about what? What are you plans? No, it's it's saying it's also cold as fuck here in uh, Massachusetts, and uh, I don't plan to go for a run. I, I did a weird workout yesterday, and it like I haven't gone to the gym in a while, and it, like killed me. So I'm like taking today a little, little, little slower than I normally would. That's the way you got to do it. It's it's the CrossFit that's not really CrossFit because you don't like CrossFit sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. considering going back. I don't know. Actually, uh, kind of off topic, but did you know that that last episode was our 30th episode? Really? Yeah, right? I didn't think we'd be going that much, but apparently, yeah, we've done 30 episodes. That's fantastic, and we're keep on going, we're keep on going through. We're changing up the format, trying to uh, figure out something that works for us and it's most entertaining for the listeners. So just be aware of that as we're kind of going on through and playing with the formula a little bit. Um, but yeah, so you want to dive into our movie? Sure. So yeah, so this week we're doing uh, Krampus, by uh, or directed by Michael Dougherty. And, uh, Dowdy, Dowdy, we were in discussion about this earlier. Like, Dowdy. It sounds like an Irishish name, Irish name. So, you know, Dowdy, Dowdy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dan, like, so I, 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 so I don't know about you, like, but when, from him, the person that comes to mind with me is Trick or Treat. Like, is that where you kind of knew him from as well? Yeah. I mean, that's really, honestly, I didn't know him before this at all. Um, like, I have heard of Trick or Treat. I still haven't seen it just yet. Wait, what? No, I have not. I know we've talked about this before. <laughs> Damn. Oh shit. I'm surprised. Like I I feel like like Michael Dougherty is like synonymous like with like obviously he's the director of it, but I feel like that's like all I know him for. I think that's the only thing I've ever like Yeah. And even then, like in the cultural zeitgeist, I was able to uh understand that, hey, this is something that he's done and this is really what he's known for. Looking at his Wikipedia He's done a lot of writing credits, like he did mm-hmm. uh, several of the X-Men movies, X2, which was the good one, and X-Men Apocalypse, which is the not good one, and yeah. also Superman Returns, which um, was not a, a good one. It was a movie. It was it was Brian Singer jerking off over the old 70s Superman movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a very forgettable movie. So, uh, yeah, this one came out, uh, Krampus, in 2015. So my exposure to this, because this was my movie I suggested, it was just a movie I really wanted to see. I remember I saw The Martian with a friend of mine, and this was a trailer for it. And I remember the trailer kind of sets itself up at the beginning to be like a wholesome family Christmas movie. Oh, these wacky people are getting together, and... You know, they're going to have to learn how to survive uh, with each other for this Christmas time because it's Christmas and they're family and they love each other. And then it slowly dwells into horror and it's just like, now these people are going to really have to survive with each other because, um, yeah, they're in a life and death situation at this moment. And that is Krampus. So... Krampus is basically a 2015 movie. Um, it's it's kind of a horror comedy. Like, if I were to describe the tone, definitely Gremlins-esque. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it, it definitely tries to 
you know, stay on that line between like not not ever too gory or serious, but also like, you know, not too funny all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's definitely, like, he, this movie is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there are scenes where killer gingerbread men are attacking people, and they get eaten by dogs, and it's just, it's very, very tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Scott is in the main role, who is uh, Ben Wyatt from Parks and Recreation, and uh, Trevor from The Good Place. Uh, he's really, I really like him, so that made me interested in seeing, watching this as well. Mm-hmm. Also, like Tony Collette, which I'm always surprised to see her. Yeah, Tony uh, she's a great actress. She's really good. She's, like, really diverse, I feel like, in a lot of films. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, Tony Collette um, plays the wife in this one, too, you know, from Hereditary, and she is absolutely fantastic in this role, too, and she's a really great, great actress um, as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we also have uh, David Kirkner. So the uncle? Yeah, the uncle, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Anchorman dude. The uh, yeah, champ and Anchorman, yeah, which is, like, the only thing I know him from, but he pops up in, like, the Will Ferrell comedies every so often. Yeah, right? I feel like he always plays that same kind of, like, obnoxious, like, uncle or, like, co-worker or something. Like, isn't, I think, isn't he, he's also, yeah, he's in the office. He might be in Parks and Rec as well, and he might be also in a, I can't remember if he's in a Reno, or not Reno, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but, like, yeah, I feel like he plays the same character in basically every movie. And yeah, show. basically. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the main character in this one, honestly, is Max, who is Adam Scott's son. And the crux of this film is basically... Max is dissatisfied with Christmas. Um, His family is very well off, but he's got a teenage sister who, of course, is just not interested in talking to him and interested in other things. Well, no, I take that back. She was, as far as I remember, she was pretty on the level throughout the entire movie. Like, Yeah, I feel like she's she's kind of like a normal teenager who, like, you know, doesn't want to hang out with little brother, but also respects him and his family, kind of. Yeah, yeah, she loves her little brother. She just doesn't like him and doesn't want to hang out with him. Um, so yeah, that was that. Um, so he loses faith in Christmas. And one of the big things, too, is he still believes in Santa Claus, even though he's 12-ish? Yeah, that sounds about right. He looks he looks that age. Yeah, he's, he's just a little bit older than he should be in terms of um, believing in Santa Claus. And a letter that he writes to Santa after an event that happens at the beginning of the movie that kind of causes him to lose faith in Santa. He rips it up, scatters it out the window, and that's when the legend of Krampus comes on in and decides to wreak havoc on the house to basically punish him for not believing on the Christmas thing. And the way I've had the legend explained to me, because I'm not sure how familiar you are with Krampus, but Krampus is a dramatic legend, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think so. Like I, I'm kind of the same boat. Like I, I've known of it for a long time. I meant to research it before the episode, but then utterly forgot. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's an alpine folklore um, during the Christmas season. So according to Wikipedia, exactly, it scares children who have misbehaved, assisting them to Saint Nicholas, um, who rewards the well-behaved on the fifth of December at night with modest gifts, including oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate, and the bad ones with birch rod only. And I think. From the early days, um, I mean, the pictures you can kind of see in the 1900s, uh, St. Nicholas is looking like a Catholic saint, and then Krampus is basically looking like the typical depiction of a devil with the horns and pitchfork and everything like that. And I've always kind of considered it two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Uh, St. Nicholas comes on in, praises kids, gives them presents for believing, and then Krampus comes and punishes them. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, was, I almost kind of thought it was like the opposite of like, like you know, like Krampus is kind of like the replacement for modern day coal in your stocking, essentially. 
Yeah. Like I feel like we almost kind of toned that down. We're like, yeah, like, here you get you get a you get <laughs> you get like you know rocks in your in your uh, stocking instead of like getting taken away. What a shame! Gosh. Do you know? Like, I feel like a lot of folklore, like the kids' punishment, is always get taken away by something. That's yeah, always definitely. What it is. Like if you do something bad, this thing's going to come and take you. It's never like it's going to slap you on the wrist or something. It's like it's just going to come take you. And it's also kind of interesting too, just how you know fairy tales in general have gotten a lot more tame over the years. Because if you look like the grim fantasy tales of how it was with Cinderella and Snow White beforehand, I mean, like Cinderella, there was in the grim original fairy tale, um, the stepsisters actually cut off part of their foot in order to fit inside the shoes, and mm. you know Disney didn't put that in there. So yes, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure we can figure something else about that point. But anyway. <laughs> Back to Krampus. Uh, yeah. So it's basically a home invasion slash survival movie where overnight a massive blizzard comes into the town, all of the power goes out, and they have to survive the night and the day and figure out what to do while Krampus and all of his minions are currently sieging the home. So overall, what do you think of Krampus, Andrew? You know, I'm not going to lie. So I saw this movie twice. I saw it first and it first came out because I really, I really liked and was into um, Trick or Treat. And I was kind of hoping this would be like Trick or Treat. Um, and it really isn't. Like the tone is kind of similar, but like Trick or Treat is an anthology series where like it's a bunch of different events that kind of tie together. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hope that's what this would be. Um, and it, it and like actually they, they released the comic book prior to the movie coming out, which actually was that more. Um, and I just felt like this. I like you kind of mentioned it was kind of like Gremlins like, and I kind of felt like it straddled that line, but never really committed either way. And to me, it was kind of, I don't know, I feel like there was a lot of promise in the, in the premise and some of the, what they did, but I feel like ultimately, like, it just kind of was very middling, like, very forgettable as a film. I think, especially with the character Krampus, I thought he, he especially was not nearly as interesting or as, I don't know, like, much of a villain as he could have been. Yeah, and I, I guess this is the point we should give a little bit of a spoiler warning. Um, I do am going to talk generalities, and I do want to discuss the ending later on, so I'll give another spoiling warning at this point. So, um, general spoilers right now. Warning, three, two, one. Yeah, Krampus is barely in this film. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was very surprised at that. It was mostly his minions. It was the gingerbread. It was uh the, the, the other monsters but yeah he, he's barely in it aside from a little bit at the beginning when he's jumping down the roofs and the very very end in the street mm-hmm. that's it well that's what i thought was weird because I, I remember thinking the same thing i saw the first time that like when we first see him on the roof i'm like oh shit's going down they're hopping right into this but no he doesn't come to the end and even then he's not really like a character he's not like if you watch trick or treat so trick or treat like the the mascot you've probably seen a word sam this little kind of yep boy i'm you know for lack of much description uh who kind of goes around and enforces the rules of halloween and i kind of thought it was gonna be something like that where he'd be like present often but he's really not and i think mm-hmm. his a lot of his minions are just so childish to a degree like i think they have some really cool aspects and they kind of turn but mm-hmm. like the robot the gingerbread man like those really didn't work for me as villains or as like antagonists especially with how easily most of them were dispatched like it, it just felt very tame and it felt very like they're trying to be child friendly with like a, a twist, but it was yeah, almost like too much of the really. child friendliness. Yeah, like it's like Gremlins was PG, but it was PG, like PG 13, but it was kind of at the advent of PG 13 where it was still kind of dark. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of modern PG 13 movies are very bland and just mm-hmm. like very like more on the PG than on like the, like, you know, instead of straddling the line between PG and R, it's very much like a step above PG, but still far away from R. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely, you, you can tell that Michael was very, very much towing the line back and forth. Um, it was a bit of IMDb trivia I read. Oh, yeah. So apparently when he submitted this to the MPAA, there's a scene where the um, annoying aunts, um, or was it the grandma? Uh, I think uh, their aunt, but but Max's aunt. Or yeah, yeah, Max's so grandma. Max aunt. is like grandma, but yeah, but yeah, their yeah. aunt. Yeah, the great aunt or the grandma or whatever it is. Anyway, super annoying character. She takes all the kids into the kitchen, gives them hot cho- chocolates, and then spikes it. And then she's just like, all right, you can have some. Just don't tell your parents. Apparently, that was an issue with the MPAA, but everything else was not. <laughs> so, Weird. Well, yeah. like that, like, just that character to me was very like, kind of, uh, I don't know, like a good reference of this movie. Just this like, I don't know, fat aunt character who doesn't give a shit and does her own thing. Uh, and like, you know, gives kids alcohol and she's drunk all the time. Like it, it seems like a very, like that character to me actually seems very like eighties, but just like not, I don't know. It was, it was so focused on instead of just being like a side thing. It was like, oh, look at this joke kind of shoved in your face. And I think that was what kind of irked me about it a bit. I, I got very much a Christmas vacation sort of vibe to it all. Like yeah. if Christmas vacation turned horror, that's kind of where Krampus kind of comes to. I, I did like it. I didn't love it. I definitely can see a lot of your complaints. I, I, I do think the fact that Krampus is barely in it wasn't necessarily a bad thing because the scenes he was in, especially the end, I feel like he had a good sense of premise. And I honestly did... <coughs> Side for the gingerbread man. One second, please. Gotta get some you, you water. You for them? <sighs> that was a satisfying drink of water right there. Anyway, back to my rant. So, <clears throat> I felt Krampus had a good presence throughout the movie. Like, even if he wasn't there, there was a good dichotomy of just like, okay, he's not there in presence, but he's sending his minions out. And his minions are attacking this family. And I really did like some of the creature designs, a lot of the creature designs anyway. The gingerbread men, honestly, were the only ones I didn't like. Um, But that toy box up in the attic, like, that was such a cool design, in my opinion. I really, really liked that. Like like the the robot or like the, or what? The toy box, the one that swallowed the kid. Oh, the Jack in the Box. No, I thought that was cool. I thought that was, like, really nice and uncanny, especially the way that was obviously, like, the way how slowly it moved and stuff and how it just, like, I thought that was one of the more effective of the creatures because it was, like, really, like, creepy. And, like, it kind of hit me with that kind of the poltergeist kind of thing where, like, you know, the the, the dot with the clown kind of was just, like, really uncanny and weird. I like that. But then I felt like the robot with like, the st- stabby knife was just like, what the fuck? Like, that, yeah, that, that to me just felt really cool. Like, and it didn't like, connect uh-huh. to the other, other things. Like, I didn't understand with Krampus, like, because I think a lot of times you can kind of get what's going on. And, like, again, if this was an anthology series where there's a bunch of different Halloween, like, you know, Christmas things going on, I would have, I think I would have accepted a little bit more. But since it's all part of the same story, I'm like, all right, so there are these actually living gingerbread men. Because the, the kid eats the head of one part of it. Yes. And, like, and a dog eats one. So clearly, like, they're actually made of gingerbread, but they're animated. And there's this robot that, like, is alive. Like, the – I feel like the um, the jack-in-the-box and the angel, they all kind of fit into this idea of, like, things that look one way but aren't. And kind of like, you know, but then, like, the robot guy is a robot. The uh, gingerbread men are gingerbread men. And that's kind of that's kind of what gets me off there. It doesn't mm-hmm. – I, I could believe the killer angel and I can believe the uh, Jack in the box and I can believe Krampus and I can even believe the elves to a degree. But like, I don't know. Some so it, it just kind of, it felt like it was going all over the place and kind of at some point went to extremes that weren't really necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like I, I, I would be really curious what you think after you see trick or treat. Cause I think trick or treat 
in many ways a lot better of a film. And I, I wonder too, like, so if, I've heard, I, yeah. I know going in with that, that I was expecting that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, actually, so on that kind of note, while we're here, like, what do you think about that? Like, like the villains, like, or the creatures? Because I, I kind of have a theory, but I want to know what you thought about them first. I, I, I did like them. I did really like the creature designs, especially love the fact that they were mostly practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was browsing Reddit and kind of looking at the discussion boards for this and figuring out what other people thought about it. One of the things, uh, one of the production assistants actually commented a few times and he was saying, or she was saying, I never gave exactly who they were, but they were saying, yeah, this was one of the most fun sets I've ever had to work on. People were just in there. They were creating these really fucked up monsters and they were filming them. The actors were all great. The actresses were all great. The director was great. He just said it was one of the funniest sets they've ever worked on. Hmm. But yeah, that, that, it does seem like a movie they had a lot of fun with. Like it seems like I thought like that's pretty evident in kind of like the way they're acting and stuff. Like it seems oh, definitely like a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like the creature designs. The the only thing really was the gingerbread men. Like, and I think it was because there was so much of them. Like they were in many many different scenes. The fireplace scene was great because you know that's the fat kid's hubris. He yeah. Sees this gingerbread man on a chain coming down the chimney. And of course, he says, like, hey, this isn't suspicious. It's ooh, food. And then he takes it and eats it. And, you know, he gets yanked up the chimney from it. That that was good. Hmm. I like that. But uh, it, then they kept coming back over and over and over again. Like the scene in the kitchen where the nail gun and everything like that, that was just a little bit too much. But again, yeah. that was very Gremlins-esque. So. No, I agree. It felt very... Like, I feel like part of the problem with this movie was that there were too many characters in the family. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Because I think it was on purpose of that idea that, like, you know, you shove all your family into this one room on, on Christmas. And it's just like... I think it's on purpose, but I think it would have been better if, like, kind of like in Gremlins, where, like, some of these scenes, these attacks went on in a different home when we saw that and not just the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Because I think, like, there's Stevie, her sister, fat kid, Max, aunt, uncle and aunt, and then the the family. Like, I think there's just so many characters going on in that that, like, because towards the end, like, most of them are still intact until that final kind of raid, essentially, and they all got picked off at the very end, like, five seconds. That felt very, like... Like that, especially the pacing, the plotting was really just weird and like not well planned. Yeah, and especially too, like at the very end too. I mean, the scene outside the snowplow, which is like it seems like they just keep getting picked off over and over and over again in the span of like thirty seconds. It's just like okay, oh, and you're gone too. Okay, okay, all right, yeah. you're gone too. Oh, oh, all right, all right, that's weird. Okay, <laughs> so it was very quick. That's what felt really weird to me. It just for a lot of the movie, nothing really happened. And I think that, mm-hmm. again, that, that's why I felt the absence of Krampus is because I felt like just like not much is really going on for a lot of the movie. And that I, it's just like, yeah, it felt like, I don't know, like there could have been better pacing and it could, the story could have been changed a little bit. Like I'd be curious to see if something else kind of happened. And like, and then again, thinking of Michael Dowry's other credits, like X-Men and um, like Godzilla, King of the Monsters, like, and yeah, he recently did, he recently is writing on Kong and apparently he's writing for the new Hellraiser series, which sounds great. But, like, I'm just kind of afraid of that pacing, and I think, like, mm-hmm. I kind of see it in, in uh, King of the Monsters, and I kind of see it in, uh, like, I don't think he wrote, the, for, I don't think he had anything to do with the original kind of Godzilla remake 2014, but I kind of see that pacing issue a little bit as a problem. And I think that's what made um, Trick or Treat successful, is it's a bunch of short stories, so I'm not sure if his long-form writing is as good. But also, I, I had a theory, and I, I want to know what you thought, okay. and, which, which would make me kind of like the costume designs a little better. So the elves all had these, like, masks on, right? Yeah. And I, and Krampus's face almost looked kind of like a contorted mask. And I kind of wonder if he was wearing like a Santa mask to a degree. 
and his face wasn't what we saw. Like, he had that tongue kind of sticking out, but, like, his face didn't move at all, but his eyes moved and his tongue moved. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a mask. But, yeah, like, yeah, okay. Because I thought that would have been cool to explore that, have him take off the mask at some point. Like, he was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, playing around as Santa Claus or the elves were playing around as the elves. Mm-hmm. And I kind of would have liked to see that explored more. I thought that was a really interesting concept, and I thought, like, never getting that payoff from that kind of also left me kind of, like, yeah, because there is a scene near the end where he does pick up Max and they do do a close zoom in on his face and you can see like stuff moving behind it. And that would have been a great payoff, too. But I, yeah. I assume it's the director was just like, we want to keep it secret because whatever you come up with in your head is going to be most likely scarier than whatever we can actually show. Yeah, well, I guess like, then, like, like mm-hmm. with that, did a great like... job with the design already, so. Yeah, like, I, like, I like the design, but I, I would have liked to see like them play with that idea a little bit more because the fact that they're all wearing masks and kind of like playing santa quote-unquote like i would like like Uh to see them like play that up like i don't know like try to lure somebody in with the guise of santa claus somehow Uh you know like try to play that up like this idea of like oh no we're here to reward you and then kind of you know flip the tables on them Uh i I would like to see that played out somehow so can we talk about the grandma (laughs) like what is this character so the grandma is basically, you know, the matriarch of the family, but she's so old in the age that basically they just come to her for advice, but otherwise they mostly take care of her and help her out as best she can. Um, but the, the, the thing is, she doesn't speak any English, and she speaks fluent German. She and, speaks English, she wants to speak English, then she'll speak English. Yeah, yeah, for dramatic effect. But she speaks German throughout the entire movie, and, like, she'll say a few sentences in German, and then the kid, who's this, you know, 12-year-old kid, will respond in English, and then she'll respond back in German, and then back in English. And it was just like, what? What's going on here? Is, is the kid multilingual as well? Is that what's going on there? There's no indication of that. He doesn't seem like he has any sort of knowledge of his German ancestry, because that's really it's yeah well like, like adam scott speaks it a couple times but that's about it though i do yeah. love it when adam scott speaks it they cut away or they show like yeah. his shirt because he like and it's definitely a different voice like like the kid i think like, the kid they like you know didn't ignore that completely but adam scott they're like oh he probably should speak german so like let's just cut away and have somebody speak german <laughs> off screen like so yeah she'll say something that. in german and like everyone will understand her and it's just like that's that's not the impression i'm getting here but okay sure movie we'll go with it um yeah, and I literally included in my notes, I was like, what is with this grandma? Because she hams it up. She is just like, whenever Krampus attacks, she was just like, okay, we need to keep the fire going. Like, she's obviously letting more on than she has. And there is a scene later on where they do a flashback scene telling about her experiences with Krampus. And it's a very well done animated scene. Like, it got me a lot of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows vibe, the scene with the three mm-hmm. um, big things. I forgot what they're called, the three. The Deathly Hallows? The Deathly Hallows, yeah. <laughs> no, is it, no is it, didn't they call it like the three something or other? I don't know. It's no, been a while. they were the Deathly Hallows, weren't they? All right. They are the Deathly Hallows then. So, yeah. So, yeah, I did really like that scene. That was really cool. But uh, I, I agree. I think she was kind of, again, she's kind of out of place in like, like I, again, I feel like if we're going to the Gremlins analogy, she was like the shop owner kind of guy mm-hmm. who was like, or, or, you know, like who was talking about like, you know, greed and stuff and how like, uh, you know, people's. Uh, gremlins and stuff are things you know like I, I feel like she was supposed to be that character and i think that they made her this german person to kind of tie into the lore of krampus and where it comes from mm-hmm. but yeah it just it felt ridiculous and the fact that like she wouldn't tell anybody about what was going on or the fact that she was like i don't know like a cartoon character half the time like like max was like this like you know unrealistic good shit kid and she was like his you know unrealistically good grandma who like sacrifices herself for no real reason and doesn't do anything like mm-hmm. 
again, it just felt like really poor writing. I feel like they came up with this concept, they thought these characters, and they just didn't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of a huge victim of that. Um, yeah. And I think one of the things they tried to do is just there were so many characters, they tried to make them as one note as possible. Like, Max, he doesn't believe in Santa anymore. Or he did believe in Santa, but he doesn't at the start of the movie. And he also has anger issues. Um you know, Adam Scott is rich. His wife is uh, rich as well and supports him. Grandma is German and has stuff let on. The brother-in-law is very much a hunting, you know, Republican. And the, the wife is too. And there's the fat kid who likes to eat a lot. And the two tomboys and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's nah. very one note with so many characters. It was. And like, so, I don't know, with that kind of in mind, like, what do you think about like kind of the conclusion or like what they were doing with it? In terms of the ending? Yeah, like, what do you think of the ending and kind of, like, you know, what ended up happening to the characters? Like, So, uh, this is our major spoiler. We're going to spoil the ending at this point. Three, two, one. So, I was a little bit confused at first in terms of what was going on with the ending. And I can come up with two distinct possibilities, and I kind of side with one of them. Mm-hmm. So, the one I side with is... Basically, everything really did happen. Krampus really did come on in, did scare the shit out of the kid and the rest of the family. And he is there to punish. He's there to remind them and scare them in believing in the Christmas spirit again. And as long as they can believe in the Christmas spirit again, then he's done his job. So they wake up, the whole family just... They were just like, oh, that must have been a really, really weird dream I had. Well, let's go open presents. And everyone remembers the events of last night, but they all don't believe it really happens. And when the bell opens up and the presents and they all look at it, that's when they have this moment of their faces just fall and they realize, oh, shit, it was real. And as when they zoom out on the snow globe, I kind of pictured it as Krampus is still watching them because just like, you know, sees you when you're sleeping, that sort of thing. Krampus is going to continue to watch them, and if they lose faith in the spirit again, then he's going to return. That's kind of the impression I got out of it. No, I, I think the same thing. I think that's what it is. Like, I think there was somewhere where it was con- where Michael Dougherty kind of confirmed that um, that point at the end where he kind of has the bell, and he's like, I don't want it. You know, give them back. Give them back. I don't want this anymore. You know, let me mm-hmm. go with them, either one. Like, that's kind of him passing Krampus's test, and, like, part of it is the grandmother didn't pass the test. Yeah. She just kind of watched it happen and was like, "Oh, okay, bye, bye, parents." Um, <laughs> but like, but what? What? And I and I, I kind of like that. But what confuses me about that is like, what happened to the grandma's village where all of them punished for her, and mm-hmm. as also like, so did like instead of it like was like a time bubble where this happened or like because like the boyfriend's family that was the other theory yeah what's going on like what happened to everybody else during that time like they all rewound or would they have disappeared if the fate if max hadn't done that yeah that was the other theory as well in terms of like now they're all stuck in some sort of pocket dimension where they have to live out um, Mm -hmm. the happiness of christmas every single day and that's kind of, the very first time I saw it, I was just like, is that kind of what they're going for? But then I thought more about it, and I was just like, no, I think it's just kind of a he watches you while you're sleeping sort of thing. Well, um, not only that, but I think, like, what, what happens, like, to everybody else? Because remember, like, yeah. yep, the yep, girlfriends, yep. like, the FedEx guy, all these people were killed uh-huh. as a result of this, of Max's wish. Like, does that doom them? Had they lost? Or, like... No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, they don't really show anyone ex- explicitly getting killed they're either just taken away or buried under the sand or something like that so like was was time for them a separate 
were, like, were they in an altered dimension when that attack was happening? I'm probably thinking of this too much, but I got, that's like, because time passed, right? Because it went from Christmas, like the 23rd to the 24th, and then, it, you know, they woke up after all this on the 25th. Yes. So, like, that's my question of, like, what was time I, was I'm passing? I'm assuming they that. were put into, like, some sort of coma or stasis or something like that. Because if you remember at the very, very end, um, as Max goes down the stairs, he's the very last one to wake up. Mm-hmm. And he was also the very last one to be killed by Krampus in the ending right there. And I think the sister says something like, come on, I've been waiting forever. And she yeah. was the very first one to go. So that kind of makes me think, okay, they all just were kind of put into, you know, hell stasis or whatever it is. And then come back up. But also, like, were they, like, freaking mauled? <laughs> like, I mean, like, like I don't know if you've ever seen that anime ReZero where this guy, like, goes, every time he dies, he wakes up in another world. He wakes up, like, you know, back in time, essentially, like, Groundhog Day-ish. But, yeah. like, he, like, remembers being, like, eaten alive by rabbits and stuff. And I wonder, like, do these, this, like, we don't see what happens to her underneath that freaking FedEx track. But she, like, gets, yeah. like, that thing is, like, rocking. She gets probably gets mauled to death. Like... Do they have memories of that? Because that's like, oof. They, they Possibly, happening. yeah. Because the, the impression I got from Krampus, too, is that he doesn't want to explicitly murder or kill them. He's not really a click killer. He just wants to scare them. He wants to mess with them. Oh, um, man. Alan Scott got stabbed in the back with a knife. Like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was like, I, like I, I'm kind of back and forth. And I'm like, man, these people should have like crazy trauma. Um, and like, did they just like blank out when they got pulled underneath the snow? Or did they just get like eaten alive? Like, we saw how to that guy's leg. Like, oof. I don't know. I'm was... assuming something like that. I mean, because it's Krampus. He basically, he when the blizzard rolls in, he has complete control over that domain. So mm. I'm assuming he could do something like where, you know, he puts them in a hell dimension or he traps them in the snow globe until they, they come out and they don't remember their time and all that good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what I assumed the ending was. And I do, I do like the theme of that in terms of, you know, he's still watching you. He still watches you while you're sleeping. That goes a lot back to the other side of the coin from saint nicholas so yeah i do like that that song's playing on the on the mm-hmm. record that i see yeah. when you're sleeping doesn't you're awake which again i think kind of reinforces the idea that this was more of a warning and that he's still watching but i did find it funny that like they, they showed the sister look at the krampus bell i'm like oh my god when it's like you weren't there when that happened bro you were already <laughs> dead well she saw yeah and then she saw uh krampus on the uh roof but yeah there was no bell yeah, she just didn't know who Krampus was. Like, she was just like demon thing, and then I got attacked by a Jack in the Box, <laughs> which is like probably really traumatic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I want I want to play this movie. And I was excited to watch it again, but I just like I don't know. I feel like there, my, there's a lot of hangups for me. But what did you think about like the theme? Like, I think that's also part of my problems. I didn't know what the theme of the movie was. Like, aside from the very obvious, like be good or you know try your best. Like, I felt like they went all, they started going a lot of places. Like with Tony Collette's character, like. You know, trying to, like, you know, not really accepting the new family or the, you know, the, the aunt and the uncle when they came in. She wasn't really being accepting of them. And same with, and she kind of felt attacked by the, uh, their aunt, I guess, but like mm-hmm. the drunk aunt. But like, I felt like there's not really a resolution aside from, like, you know, don't wish your family was gone. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's a very easy theme of, or a very small theme of just this is, you know, you got to keep the Christmas spirit up no matter what, or Krampus will come and get you, mm. which honestly is probably the most terrifying thing in this movie. Oh my God, I have to stay, <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> you know, I have to be happy with my family. Otherwise, you know, I get attacked by monsters. Yeah. Well, it's like, but I would have liked to see some more reconciliation. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. to, you know, to enforce that theme more, because I, like, I feel like it's instead of being... And maybe that's the point. Maybe it's maybe like it, it is kind of a cynical look of instead of accepting your family, just fucking dealing with them. Uh, yeah. 
because like you know even that opening that opening theme was all about you know consumerism around the holiday and how we kind of forgot what it's about like this is great i think honestly one of the best parts of the movie is that opening scene of all these people Mm -hmm. how like the black friday shop like fighting uh over toys and buying stuff which is kind of weird again because like they show that and then it cuts to as if it's in the same store the like Mm -hmm. nativity scene which i'm like was that going on before this happened because how are they already in the midst of performing this? The store's just opened. I thought but, the same thing too, yeah. But I thought that was, I thought that was like a nice thing. I thought that was going to kind of set an interesting tone for the film. But then again, we don't like we kind of get a reconciliation between Tony Collette and her sister, but we don't really get one between Max and the and the two kids. We don't get one between mm-hmm. the sister because the sister goes off. The sister is nice to Max when he, she sees the kids bullying him, but that's about it. And we don't really get one. We kind of get like, oh man, you saved me from uh, the uncle uh, with um, Adam Scott. But even that's like not. There's not. Like, we kind of get a, a couple of things, Adam Scott trying to, you know, man up, as they say. Uh, but there's not really a lot of development character-wise. I feel like everybody sticks, it stays in their lane, essentially. And that's, yeah, definitely. It's very static the of- for the film. Which, again, like, yeah. if, if, if the idea is, if what they're going for is, hey, deal with your family, don't accept them. I, I guess that's a, a message. I guess it's a realistic message, but... I. I- I wouldn't even say it's a message. I would just yeah. say, I would kind of count that as a horror. Like you're stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. That's scary too. But, but I, I just feel like, I feel like most horror movies commit to something. And like, even if it's like, you know, like even it's like a Friday 13th, like part eight, like there's no, there's no, you know, obviously there's not really a, a comeback to it, but like the bad characters get punished or that, but in this one, like, everyone gets punished equally. Everyone like, mm-hmm. it's all in the faith of Max at the end kind of being like, no, I don't want this. But like, mm-hmm. There, there just seemed to be no sense of right, wrong, where something was going, and I think that was kind of where the film lost me. Lost me. I mean, like, it. I, I, I remember reading the individual comics, and I thought those had better story arcs than this. Which, again, I think, I think it might just mean maybe Michael Dowry is not great at writing a full story because a lot of the things awesome. that he's done, he's kind of writing a part. He write, does part of the writing, mm-hmm. and I think he kind of maybe does an okay job with these kind of like small little scenes. But I also felt like. Um, trick or treat when you watch it it's very karmatic what happens in it there's a lot of kind of like karmatic twists and what's going on in the story and this had i just felt like was very flat the whole way mm-hmm. yeah it did it definitely stayed in its lead. it played it very safe mm-hmm. so which i, th- I think right. i think it was trying to be chris i think part of it was it was trying hard to be a christmas movie or like or at least yeah. sell around the christmas time mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what bit it a bit i think it i think it needed to go a little bit darker especially again with mm-hmm. this idea of krampus i think it yeah. it makes it feel like more of a kid's film which maybe it was yeah. supposed to be yeah, know. and I'm sure, like, there was a whole bunch of things, because, like, an R-rated Christmas horror movie, that's going to be a tough sell for any executive. Um, so I'm assuming probably he tried to go hard R, they pushed back saying, yeah, we're not going to fund this, so he had to make it a little bit more family-friendly. Maybe he made some comparisons to Gremlins and said, hey, you know, Gremlins made a ton of money, blah, 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 and then they pushed back on that front. So. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what's a, what's a good Christmas horror movie that you can think of? Like, like I, I Gremlins comes to mind for me, but... And like, and like, I guess there's Black, Black Christmas, Christmas but yeah. like, mm-hmm. the, and then there's the two Black Christmas remakes. The first of which I think mm-hmm. does that a little bit better. The second, the most recent one, I still haven't watched it, but everything I've looked at looks terrible. But I'm trying to think of like other ones <laughs> that, like, there's like New Year's Evil and um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And again, those are just like slashers going around killing people. Which like, mm-hmm. it, it's weird to say that random guy going around stabbing people with a knife <laughs> to me makes yeah. more sense than this movie does in terms of just like what the plot is and what it's going for. <laughs> but like, that's kind of how it feels. It feels like. It feels yeah, like there's supposed to be more to this. It, it feels like there should be more to this, and they, I want there to be more to this, and there isn't. Yeah, because I, I do really love the concept of, like, this eldritch horror Christmas mm. killing everything. Um, there's the Gingerbread Man movies. 
Just oh yeah, those, those are good. Passion of the Crust. <laughs> that's that's good. Wait, no, yeah. okay, we did, we did, we did Jack Frost. Which again, I we feel like Jack Frost. Frost made more sense to me as a movie than this movie did. <laughs> like it, it just it, it. This movie just felt like it. It just time passed in this movie and things happened, mm-hmm. but it just I don't know. I, it, it's weird. I don't like feel like that apathetic towards a lot of movies. I think that's kind of my anger. With this, like, it's not anger. My displeasure is that <laughs> I wanted to feel more, like either hate or love, and I just okay. kind of felt like, huh. Like I don't, yeah. I wouldn't pay attention to this movie. I wouldn't put this movie on to watch, like in the background or something. I just, it's I'd rather like I don't know, commit to either a horror movie or like a Christmas movie. I wouldn't. This one just doesn't do either for me really well. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So, any final thoughts on Krampus? I, I just think vomited you them out. Summed it up nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't want. I want to want to discourage anybody from watching it. I just. No, no. I'd say read the comic. I'd be interested. And Dan, I want you. I want you to watch uh, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, definitely. So I think you yeah, might understand opinion... a little, like, kind of where where my like loss comes from when you see that movie. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, definitely. I think you may have had some expectations going on through, and then, you know, definitely, if you knew his story, uh, Michael Dory's style, you know, it might be better on that front, or might understand where I'm you're coming from better. But I think it's definitely worth it, just for. The fact that there aren't too many horror movies like this, where it's just like pure eldritch horror during a Christmas sort of thing, where there's no hope of surviving, you know, you can say to yourself, we'll make it to the school, or we'll make it to the truck, and then things will be fine, and people ask why, and you're just like, I don't know, that's fine. And I do think it's worth it for the creature designs alone as well, like the the, 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 the whole attic scene, the angel, yeah. and the toy box, and everything, I really did enjoy that. No, and it I, just seems like it was a very fun movie to work on so yeah but no, I, I i feel like yeah like, you know i feel like it's, it probably is an okay holiday movie i just uh, i wanted because I, I i think again if you watch your tree it's a little more bleak and i was waiting for some of that bleakness to seep in yeah yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. and then i did really like the ending honestly like I, I i do feel they did a good job with uh and because there's really nothing more scary than being forced to spend Christmas every single year and be cheerful with your family. What? Well, that's yeah, that's kind of what through. I thought they were going for. Yes. Did you like? Did you like the idea that they quote unquote passed the test and are being watched, or would you have preferred the they are locked in the forever Christmas? I think I liked it the way they did because I feel Krampus doesn't want to lock them away. Krampus just wants to scare them. Ultimately, Krampus wants them to continue living their lives but under the fear of christmas and i think that's really good in terms of the fact that instead of being locked in a prison forever and having zero autonomy you still have the choice to make you still have that freedom but if you step out of line you will always have to make sure you're watching over your shoulder on that front yeah and i did really like that i think that's more scary no that too well i think it's also just more of like a, a better story i think if they're just left trapped in there forever at the end again it's a kind of like who's good who's bad why do they all get the same mm-hmm. punishment but also like What's going to happen? Like, what is their story going to be like? Do they wake up every day and it's Christmas? Or do they wake up and it is like sit there and then it's like, yep, we're just trapped in this house. Like, that'd be yep, 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 yep. But actually, that, what do you think that, you know, that, that, I don't know if you call it a jump scare, whatever you call the ending. And I think that kind of epitomizes this movie, like, kind of, you know, heavily pushed into the kids' movie, where at the end, all the creatures kind of like jumped at the screen, like, but it wasn't like an attack. It was like a, almost like a celebration, I felt like, like, a, we did it. <laughs> I, like, I it like, reminded me a lot of Labyrinth. Where just yeah. the monsters are all popping up at the end, and uh, Jennifer, uh, uh, whatever the actress's name is, Jennifer Conley's uh, room, and just like, yeah, we're all here, woo! Yeah, it's like, it's like a celebration. Like, I almost kind of imagine that's the cast and crew, like, we did it, like, <laughs> like hopping out. <laughs> I don't know. I thought, I thought that was kind of, again, pushed it into that kids' film, but like, kind of fun, like a little, yeah, 
Like, I, it, I, mean, I think part of that version. was to make it not scary at the end, almost, for, for yeah. kids, if in case they yeah. got scared at the end. Yeah, fun stuff. So that is Krampus. Um, yeah, I recommend checking it out, honestly, just for the fact there aren't too many movies like it, but definitely keep your expectations in check. Um, oh, I was going to say, so, so next week, or not next week, but next time we do it, we're going to do Jennifer's Body? Yes, and I'm excited about that one. I haven't seen it. I remember there was a lot of backlash against it, mostly backlash against Megan Fox, but apparently it's developed quite a cult following since then, so I'm really excited to take a eye at it and see how it works. No, I'm in the same boat, actually. I saw it when it first came out, and I remember there was a lot of... Uh drama around Megan Fox but like yeah lately I've heard a lot of really really interesting discussions on like sexuality and like kind of like um sex positivism and kind of feminism throughout the story mm-hmm. so yeah I'm curious to look at it for those angles sounds good it's the feminist horror movie is what I'm kind of getting at yeah or what I'm hearing about it so I'm excited about that yeah, no, same. anyway all right sounds good well thank you again so much to our opening theme song that is horror movie story by the band Tevi's Atlas you can get that off the album Children of the Corn they are good good Canadian boys they have a Facebook update I just saw they are currently playing actually they're not doing anything they're just showing a sick playlist you lied to me so definitely check out that sick playlist from their Facebook page yeah yeah good stuff All right. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye.